welcome to episode four of Carbs and Cars. Paul Casamati, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Mate, give us a bit of a uh, brief background about yourself and then let's get into this beast. Okay, so um, I guess I uh, grew up in Sydney my whole life, um, born and raised. Uh, always had a love of cars from a very young age. It probably came from my father. Um, he was a bit of a car nut. In fact, cars, I think, ran in our family. Um, so dad, dad and his brothers are kind of into BMWs yep. and that kind of filtered down through, uh, through the kids. Um, and my brother, I guess, from a very young age was also into Porsches. So for me, having an older brother that was into Porsches, naturally you deviate to, course, yeah. towards that, you know? So that's where my love of Porsches um, came from. Um, I guess, you know, cars in general for, for me, like dad used to get unique cars magazine and I always flick through it and I always dream when I get older, I want one of them and one of them and one of them. And, um, and one day I was flicking through and I came across this Bahama yellow Porsche 912. And I said to my dad, dad, I want one of these. And he goes, when you save your pocket money, one day you can buy one. Get one. <laughs> so that was the, I guess the, um, the start of the, the Porsche love affair. And um, here we are today with my 1967 Porsche 912. Wow, your very own. My very own. Give us the, uh, give us the story about this because there's, there's quite a history behind this. It's, there is a bit of a history. something very rare, very individual. Yeah. And pretty close to immaculate is there as they are or as, well as it will be it's almost there almost I mean, there, yeah. interior is not in it yet but yeah um so like i said when i was about 12 years old i said to my dad i want i want a porsche 912 i didn't know why i wanted a 912 i just liked the look of it and it was a bit different it wasn't a 911 yeah uh so when i was 18 i had five thousand dollars in the bank and my father had a friend of his who had another friend who had just bought this car for his daughter yeah. a week earlier. And um, he said, I think it's the same car that you, your youngest son wants. And uh, he goes, oh, where is it? And it was up in a panel beaters workshop up in Artam and under a cover. It had been there for years. Yeah. So without uh, knowing where it was, my dad went up to Artam and went through every panel beater workshop, wow. <laughs> found the car. And then without the owner knowing, we ended up bringing our mechanic yeah. to look at the car. We opened it up, put a battery charger on it, got it started. And then we got in touch with the owner who'd bought it the week before and, and um, bought it basically a week later. So that's a story of my first car. Um, the night I bought it, my dad said to me, how much money do you have in the bank? And I said, I've got $5,000. And that was from working school holidays, while I was in high school, um, working a job at Peters of Kensington department store in Sydney um, when I was at uni, first year uni. And uh, he goes, all right, so I'm gonna buy the car through the family business, which is a real estate agency. Yep. And um, you're not allowed to drive the car until it's fully paid off and insured in your name. That's fair. <laughs> um, other than doing letterbox deliveries for the family business uh, and doing two Porsche Club events a year. It's a pretty good deal. And if you don't pay it off within two years, the car gets sold. 
Um, wow. The night I got home from purchasing the car and giving dad the $5,000. The loan was $15,000, by the way. So it was 20, cost 20,000 in 2001. So you had a bit to go. Had a bit to go. Um, So dad made me write a contract that night when I got home. All legit, all formal. All formal. um, No smoking, no drinking, no girlfriends, room tidy, all these conditions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, so unfortunately my dad passed away six months after that contract was signed and I paid the car off to my, to my mum uh, so I paid her off and then yeah uh, got the car um, got the engine and gearbox rebuilt in probably 2004 yep. um, and then yeah just recently in the last sort of 18 months did a full body restoration on it mm-hmm back to original color um what what color is it it's called olive okay it's just straight olive so it's a non-metallic yep um color and it's uh i I think it it, there wouldn't be too many in in the world let Mm. alone in in the country in olive i don't think there'd be any others in 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 olive wow but um now the car itself 67 model Australian delivered factory right-hand drive. It's one of about a thousand in the world in right-hand wow. drive. Wow. They made about 30,000 912s. Mm-hmm. And um, it retains its original engine yep. and, uh, and gearbox. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a rare little thing. And uh, yeah. That is, that's special. Yeah. That is very, very special. So do you plan on always standing, staying a Porsche guy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, once always. you're a Porsche guy, you're always a Porsche <laughs> no. guy, I think. And would would you ever sell it or no? It's it's no, it's forever. No, no, I've okay. been I've been offered a few silly numbers for it, yeah. but there's no way. Um, and, you know, I've been on I've been on this journey with this car for 20 years now, 22 years. Wow. It was my first car, um, and yeah, we've been on a lot of road trips and. Sydney to Melbourne a few times, Sydney to Byron a few times, and yeah, no. She's uh, she's done by right by you. Oh yeah, super reliable. Um, yeah, just doesn't miss doesn't miss a beat. Doesn't miss a beat. You no. were telling me before a story about how um, was it the original owner. Yeah, can we get into that? Sure. Um, so the day we went to uh, we, the day we picked up the car we took it to because it had a bit of rust in it mm-hmm. had a lot of rust in it actually it actually looked from the outside it looked really really good but then when you when you really got into it it needed floors mm. um, inner outer sills rear suspension mounts front pan it needed a lot of work the problem with rust is once you start you can't stop oh, it's, it's how long crazy. it's a string yeah. it's crazy yeah. so we got it to a point where the structurally it was all good, but when it went to the mechanic, uh, when it went to the body repair, mm-hmm. the first body repairer um, in two thousand and one, um, I opened the passenger door, and in the door card was um, the original service book mm-hmm. in the original service book folder yep. from when the car was new. Wow! So I opened that up, and it had the original owner's name, address, etc. Um, along with all the obviously the chassis number, engine number, all of the, you know, and um, and my my dad actually contacted that that guy, and his name is Jeff Carter. He was mm-hmm. a motoring journalist in the sixties okay. and seventies yep. 
for Modern Motor Magazine, which is now Motor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeff mentioned to my dad, he'd written a couple of books. The car was featured in those books. Um, he also did an article on the car at some point in the 60s, but he couldn't remember. Um, my dad tracked down one of the books. And in fact, the, the, the magazine reference was in the book in one of the photographs. Wow. So after dad had passed away a number of years later, I, I tried to contact Jeff again, but he, he didn't, he'd never answered my calls. So I kind of gave up on it. In 2006, I was down in King Street Wharf at a friend's birthday, 25th birthday. Yeah. And I'd parked the car outside a pub on Sussex Street in Sydney CBD. Risky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, back then, these, no one was interested in yeah. these things back then. <laughs> you know, they were a bit of a nothing car. It's a different story today, for yeah, sure. Yeah, of course, yeah. But um, no, I used to drive it and enjoy it. I didn't really care where I parked it. And um, anyway, I'd get back to the car after leaving these birthday drinks and this elderly or not elderly you know probably mid 50s or so couple were standing in front of the car and the guy goes oh, hey how are you nice to meet you i said likewise and he goes my father had one of these when i was young but it was a different color but it had a similar number plate so i'd, I'd gotten the original number mm. from the f- the photograph in the book so i knew what the registration was yeah. when it was new so i went to the R- rta at the time and got that number plate and put it on the car yeah. but the car was ivory not olive okay so, so it, me- it originally came out as olive mm-hmm. and then it was painted in ivory. Correct. And at some point. You, okay. And yeah. then now you've gone back to, to olive. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so this guy, he said, oh, my father had a car like this when I was younger and it, it had a similar number plate, but it was, it was a different color. And I said, you're not Jeff Carter's son, are you? He said, yeah. I'm like, you're kidding me. Wow. I've been trying to get in touch with your dad for like the last four years. It's fate. He found you. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. So um, he said, yeah, mum and dad are still alive. They live in, in um, Foxground where, where the car was originally mm-hmm. delivered on the, on the service book. Wow. Still there. Yeah, same address? They, they're still there. Same address. Wow. And he said, we have a cafe in town. If you're ever in Berry, let us know. And I'll ring dad up and see if he wants to see you. So about a year later... I was in Berry at a friend's farm. Mm-hmm. We went dirt, dirt bike riding for the weekend and basically went to town. He remembered me from the year earlier. I had the car with me and he rang his dad and his dad said, yep, send him up. And Jeff was also a photographer, yeah. you know, as much, as much as he was a motoring journalist. So we ended up taking a whole heap of photos together with the car as it was um, in 2007. Mm-hmm. And then went into his dark room and he pulled out all these negatives of the car when it was wow. new. Wow. He got my address and then that was that. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, I get a thing in the post, all these beautiful prints of my car when it was new. Big care package. Big care package, yeah. Wow. And all the photos from when it was new and then all photos of me and Jeff on mm. the day that I met him, which is really nice. So I've got, I've got a bit of a history file on yeah, the car, which yeah. is really cool. Um, wow. Well, so yeah. it definitely looks like you drive it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, it's not. She gets driven. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that's that's babied. So you no. don't. So you you drive it hard. Definitely. You take it to the track. Not to the track. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. No. Y- you planning on it? I think I I might at at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, just to just to give it a give it a go. Yeah. I wouldn't track it regularly. Yeah. Um. But when it comes to 
weekend drives, mm-hmm. I definitely get into it. Yeah, of course, of course. On the on the back roads. Do you get? Yeah, I'm sure. Do you get a? Do you get a bit worried driving it, especially around Sydney, thin streets, parking it around? No, just not at all. Yeah, okay. I didn't restore it to make it a garage queen. Yeah, of course. I restored it to drive it. Yeah, you know, for me. You have a Porsche like mm, this. Mm. You've got to drive it and drive it as it, as it was intended, you yeah. know, which is one way. <laughs> so while these before these pizzas get cold, yes. Today we have uh, obviously the, the podcast is carbs and cars. Yes, uh, carbs as in carbohydrates, but also uh, carbohydrates. Yes. Um, so we have we have some pizzas from uh, a local place just here in uh, in Darlinghurst. Okay. Uh, called Mad Mad Pizza. Oh, oh very good. Oh, and Oh, okay. That's a complete. <laughs> so, filming this podcast in the evening, uh, as not uh, usually we're in the morning. So yep. usually I'll go pick up something uh, to eat, uh, and we've had this delivered, and it hasn't uh, oh, it <laughs> hasn't, hasn't turned out. It hasn't turned out exactly. exactly as no. Intended. Should we try the bottom one? Sure. Let's try the bottom one. Let's give this one a go. All right. No. No. It's not looking oh, much better. It's not looking much better. Okay. <laughs> well, look, we tried. Oh, okay, that's not looking better at all. All right, well, well, all right. We'll see what we can salvage. That's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Oh wow, not much better. Oh, that one's worse. Okay. All right. That's okay. It's still pizza. Exactly. It's still good. What's um? What's your favorite food? Oof, that's a big question. I think um. I'm Greek heritage. Okay. So I definitely like my Greek food. Mm. And there are a lot of carbs in, in There's Greek a lot. Food. There's a lot. Spanakopita. Mm. That's one of the favorites. Um, I do love a Spanakopita. <laughs> love. I think not, everyone not does. Not Greek, but mm. I, can, I, I can appreciate a good one. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are you more a savory or a sweet person? 100% savory. Okay. Yeah. I'm not much of a sweet tooth. What are Greek desserts? Oh, baklava. Okay. Um, kuluri, which is like a like a biscuit. Okay. Um, Paksimadi, which is another biscuit. There's, there's a few different, yeah, mm. different desserts. When did your family come here? Um, so my grandfather came here in the early 1900s. Wow. Yeah, like about 1912, I think. Wow. But he was born in 1898. Okay. And he had a, a lot of brothers and sisters. Yep. They sent him to Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was by 1920, he'd sent a thousand pounds back to Greece. He brought a couple of si- siblings out um, in the 20s mm-hmm. and um, opened a cafe in central New South Wales with his brothers. Wow. Um, in Molong. Okay. No idea near, what that is. Near Orange. Okay, cool. In between Orange and Wellington. Okay, it's a little, cool. yeah. It's a little town. Um, yeah, so they settled out there and then my uncle uh, ended up buying the cafe from my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And then... Sorry, can I get a napkin, please? Sure. I think it's just under your yeah. There you go. Um, Thanks. Yeah, so in the, I think, 60... Nine, I think it was, or 68. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle was the last one to, to leave. So he sold the he sold the shop and moved to Sydney mm-hmm. with the rest of the family. So my family ended up settling in 
in Sydney and Ramwick. Yep. And then... And everyone's here now? Yeah. Everyone's still here. Yeah, well. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever tried a Greek dessert. Like baklava, yeah. But the other ones you mentioned, I don't think I have. No, just, yeah. Like dry biscuits. And yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing too... Oh, garlic buburico is another one. Okay. What's it's that? Like a, it's like a uh, custody kind of okay. dessert. Delicious. Yeah. It's quite nice, yeah, actually. Yeah. 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 Savory or sweet, I'll, I'm good for anything, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's in front of me, it's getting eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you get another Porsche? Yeah. What would you get? Oh, God. So many. I think for me, I'd, I'd love to get... I like the I like the Ram models. Uh-huh. So um, homologation specials, things mm-hmm. like that. So for me, a nine nine six GT three mm-hmm. Mark one. Yeah, yeah. Um, they made just on eighteen hundred and twenty mm-hmm. odd, I think, from memory, or eighteen sixty. It's only three hundred in right hand drive. There's only about forty in Australia. Wow. Um, they made Club Sport and Touring variants. But I'd, I'd probably like to get a touring in one of them. Okay. Um, that's probably the first one that I'd get. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, if if I could ever afford it, <laughs> um, a GT3 touring in a 991 mm-hmm. um, is is for me a, just a beautiful looking car. Yeah, magnificent. Um, and then you know, there's there's a few others. I mean. 964 has always been a shape that I've mm-hmm. I've loved. It yep. was the last of this shape. Yep. Um, but with the impact bumpers. Yeah. Yeah. Before the 993 came out. Um, so just that pure 911, original 911 shape, the yeah. end of the series. Um, but particularly, I'd like to get a Speedster yeah. in one of them. Okay. Magnificent. Which they there's only six in Australia, I think. Mm. And they're not cheap. <laughs> no, no. So, if if you can afford it, it's mm. down down the line. Yeah, yeah. that'd be something. Yeah. And what color? Mm. The speed stuff. Mm. There's only two black ones. Okay. And there's two white ones and two red ones. All right. So black, white, or red are your yeah. options. <laughs> What's your preference? White. Okay. Would mm. you Would you get a, a new Porsche? No. Why? Um. I don't like, I mean, apart from the 991 touring, mm-hmm. just purely for the fact that I love the no wing and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't like the way cars are going in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. So the, the brand new cars, even like one series on, have a lot more technology than the yeah. previous generation. Yeah. It's accelerating like at a rate of knots. So for me, it doesn't appeal to me. I like a I like a car to have less. Less is yeah. more to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Character. More power. Power yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um yeah, more more involvement, mm. less electronics. Mm-hmm. Less gadgetry. Yeah, yeah. It really it exist. is a shame that a lot of the um the the driver cars of today are becoming less and less driver mm. and more about you know the, the car and more about the electronics and the assistance and that sort of stuff oh totally and it's yeah. very you know in terms of you know not, not budget but in terms of something reasonable mm. there's there's not much out there that's actually a, a, a driver focused car that, no. that hasn't been you know taken over by technology and assistance and, and sensors and radar and that's sort, and that sort of stuff yeah um, and then you know 
don't even get started on on manual transmissions. You know, it's just virtually manual dead. transmissions, electric vehicle vehicles. Yeah. Like, there's a whole heap yeah. of stuff. Yeah, electronically controlled diffs. Like, there's yeah. it's it's very it's very artificial. Mm. Um, you know, and and don't get me wrong, I I I'm more of a modern car person. Yeah, but I definitely. I definitely in a in a dream garage scenario it's a it's a 50 50 you know it's not all you know ferraris lambos and brand new porsches you know <laughs> it's there's there's you know i have a special place in my heart for you know e30 m3s and the, you know those those that's, sort one, of that's one that's on my bucket list yeah that's 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 a magnificent car uh we have three that actually come come into the shop here oh yeah um all um magnificent all immaculate beautiful beautiful cars um that, that's a very very special car yeah um they're really cool yeah um that something like a 1m is magnificent um you know 200 of them that came to australia yeah um, super rare super rare um beautiful we, we do a lot and, of and still quite small yeah you know? even the, the m2 now it's like the size of an old m3 it's huge yeah they're massive. um it's just they're all growing so much because of all the safety and mm. yeah i think a lot of the manufacturers go on the premise that that newer is better and mm. bigger and bigger is better yeah regardless of what, the, what what it is you know like if you compare I, I saw a fantastic photo a few weeks ago on on instagram and it was comparing 60s porsches mm. to 20 2020 porsches yeah and the the size difference they're they're, they're double the size it's they literally enormous yeah. enormous in, this in, thing's like a little toy yeah it's yeah. it's tiny um even even looking at older minis compared to now like minis are huge they're massive mm. now you know they're not they're not a, a they're not a mini car. anymore they're not a mini anymore <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a medium um, but yeah okay, that's interesting yeah look I definitely I definitely feel that way I also have a a, a, a place and a love for, for, for modern uh, and I also love that um, you know like like I'm not anti-Tesla for example you oh. know um, by the look on your face you're very you're very anti-Tesla I don't like the philosophy around electric vehicles why? Because to power them, you used to, you have to burn fossil fuel, mm. and um, they're not as green as what people think they are. For me, not even a little bit green. No, no. And um, you know, we have that many cars on the road, and if you actually, you know, do some, you know, I, I always say to people, it's only a tiny bit of research you need to do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. No, but for me, I, I don't know whether it's necessarily the future. I feel like it's maybe a bit of an in between. Um, I feel like we're in a bit of a point in time where the electric vehicle is almost the MP3 of the car world. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's my opinion. So it's like a holding place for the future. Yeah. I think there's definitely going to be a place for electric or yep. hybrid. Yeah. But um, yeah, for me, I think if you look at every, 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 every piece of automotive technology follows one thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? No. What is it? Formula One. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So everything from Formula One race cars yep. always filters through to road cars. Yeah. So particularly in the last 10, 15 years, I'm, I'm big into my racing. Mm-hmm. Um, F1's gone from naturally aspirated V8s mm-hmm. or V10s prior mm-hmm. to that and then V12s and mm-hmm. V8s and you know, whatnot. Um, they went through turbo here in the 80s. So they, they've yeah. kind of gone full circle again. Yeah. So they've gone from turbo to naturally aspirated. And then in the late 2000s, they went to KERS, yep. Kinetic Energy Recovery yep. Systems. 
you know, regeneration, mm-hmm. brake regeneration, mm-hmm. which went into things like... Teslas and well, yeah, regen braking. Well, yeah, exactly. Re- well, Teslas, but before that, you know, Prius, yeah. et cetera. So Toyota technology. And now they're... From next year, they're going into synthetic fuel, fully synthetic fuel. Really? Yeah. So fully synthetic fuel using... You know, if you haven't looked into it, look into it. It's very interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, well. So basically, um, they use carbon, existing carbon from the atmosphere mm-hmm. through a process, mix it with hydrogen and create a liquid fuel as as per like a regular fuel that you yeah. put in your car today. Um, they turned into the same thing, but with completely carbon neutral. Um, wow, and the argument is there's one and a half billion cars in the world with petrol engines. Yeah. And they're trying to push this electric, electric technology which you throw them in the bin once they need the batteries replaced in no, 10 years' time. No, I meant as we're going to throw one and a half billion car- oh, yeah, petrol cars one in the bin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that too. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm very pro-Tesla from a... not an environmental point of view. Yeah. Because I 100% agree that to... to I believe it's... You have to do 75,000 kilometres just to break even on a petrol car. Yeah. But, and, that, and that includes... Um, that includes making it. That doesn't include... Um, the emissions petrol or electric electric so you're going yeah. to do 75,000 electric kilometers yeah. to uh, sorry 75,000 electric miles yeah. to to break even in terms of the emissions from making it that doesn't include transporting it or anything uh, or any other trucks used to transport the the actual rare earth minerals hmm. um, and then on top of that if you are for, for example, in Australia, but it's still being promoted as green. It's still pr- being promoted as green. <laughs> Which absolutely, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's not right. No, not at all. Um, and and then if you're charging from the grid, we are, I believe it's less than five percent renewable. Correct. So you know, it, it, I think that I think that it is. It's a bit of a scam, you know. <laughs> but I think there is a place for that. You know, that instant talk. You know, it is very. You know, it, it's a piece of technology. Sure. And I think that if you enjoy it as a piece of technology. It's great, but I yeah. think as a, I think I think you're lying to yourself if if you know you, you're buying it for the purpose of you mm. know, I'm green, I'm for the environment, you know that that sort of um, you know reasoning behind it. Yeah. Um, have you driven one? I've been in one. I haven't yeah. driven one. I know. I know that they'd be amazing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I you know I love driving fast cars, yeah. and I love you know the thought of having that instant power mm. and torque. But. For me, driving is so much more than just putting your foot down and getting thrown mm. into the back of the seat. For me, driving is... It's a real passion for mm. me. And it's a love. Absolutely. You know? I love the feedback you get from a steering wheel coming yeah. into a corner, hitting the brakes, heel towing, throwing it back a gear, and then powering out of the corner. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I love about driving. I don't need to be the fastest car. No, no, absolutely. I just need to have a bit of. um, It's a feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's an excellent uh, description. And 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 for me, an electric car doesn't have that soul. And it never will, you know. And they're trying to create these cars that have artificial engine noises and things. And I think the latest E five hundred E Abarth has that has that feature. Yeah, yeah. An external engine noise which sounds like the petrol version of the current the current Abarth. And it's like well It's interesting. A lot of um, a lot of internal combustion engine vehicles actually already have speakers and have for a long time. Mm. Um, Audi S Q five, for example, 
you know, at 2015 Audi SQ5. Yeah. Um, V6 diesel has two speakers in the back uh, in the exhaust yeah. and it sounds like a V8. Yeah. Well, maybe not. It's, it sounds like a petrol, it sounds like a petrol, you know, modified car. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a bit sad, but yeah, it's interesting the way it's going. They're definitely, the cars that are being produced today, I would say are very soulless and don't, don't have a lot of character. Yeah. But it's, it's good to see that, um, it's good to see that, you know, you, you, you know what you want and you, you're, mm. you're passionate about one particular thing and, there's definitely a lot here to be to be passionate about. That's for yeah. sure. And for me, it's not just Porsches. I love I love all cars. Like, um, I like experiencing different cars. You know, the, the other day I I went to a charity car show. I took my friend. My friend's got a, a Dodge Viper. Oh wow! And that was just an incredible thing to experience. Yeah. It was like you really had to grab it by the scruff of the neck mm. and like bang it into the gears and like oh, really wow. yeah just manhandle it a bit yeah you yeah know? yeah it's not um that really long bonnet mm, like mm. e-type-esque yeah you know yeah. long bonnet and yeah. um just 700 newton meters of torque and yeah yeah it's just an absolute animal what else is in your garage because i assume this isn't your daily no no so i've got a couple of i've got a couple of other cars um so my daily if you want to call it a daily yeah. it, um is a 2001 W208 mm-hmm. CLK55 AMG. Very nice. So that's got a beautiful hand-built, naturally aspirated 5.4 litre V8. Mm-hmm. Um, produces about 360 horsepower. That's got 510 newton metres of torque. Wow. And um, yeah, it's a pretty nice, pretty nice car, yeah. to be honest. Um, it's very low Ks, 100,000 Ks. Yep. Or just over a hundred thousand. I bought it a couple of years ago. I always admired the CLKs mm-hmm. and the fifty fives. They're very underrated. They've got incredible braking package, yeah. incredible suspension package mm-hmm. from standard. That engine and gearbox, which I'm sure yeah. you're familiar very, with yeah, the one one three um V eight engine mm. from, from Merck. Um, in fact, there's, one, there's one back there. There is. We were, I was uh, <laughs> when you arrived. I, I yeah. was showing you one. We uh, we've got a an E55 yeah. AMG that's that's getting a bit of TLC. Yeah. This, this week. Yeah. As uh, as a lot of them do, or yeah. a lot of them need these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the the series that I that I've got mm-hmm. doesn't have all that ABC yeah. suspension. Yeah. It's still got the conventional suspension with Bilsteins mm-hmm. and, which will definitely work out better for you. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. But yeah, I, I love that car, and it's just. It's been very well maintained its whole life mm. and you know very very good condition um, i've also got the same car which is a convertible mm-hmm. um, so the first one's a coupe so the first one's a coupe uh and then the second one's the same so they're both black on black yep the convertible we believe it could be like one of three in australia wow um they're only made for a very short period of time before the 209 series came out. Okay. So in the beginning of 2001, mm-hmm. for about six months. Wow. And the very first cars we think may have come to Australia, mm-hmm. right hand drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're on a 430 chassis number. Okay. But they've got from factory all the 55 running gear. To the engine, um, the gearbox. Engine, gearbox, diff, suspension, brakes, everything. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so that's one of 400 built, roughly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, yeah, we just spent a bit of time. It was it was neglected yep. quite badly. Mm-hmm. And 
as so many of these beautiful cars are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, just considering the rarity, I took a look at it and I was just like, I've got to, I've got to rescue it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the main thing was it was very straight. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't look like it had had an accident, mm-hmm. and pretty much confirmed it. Really. Yeah, you can tell it has yeah. had an accident. Um, but you know, all every every seal like rear main seal the rocker covers yeah yeah. the diff the the roof mechanics the roof itself like it was it was just everything needed yeah yeah so we went front to back all the mechanicals all the roof mechanicals brand new roof um there's a few bits and pieces to do bought a set of 18 inch mono blocks Mm -hmm. which if you're familiar with that wheel yeah they just look the the hammer wheel schmick they look very nice um, so yeah, it's running running those wheels and yeah, it's a very nice top down yeah. cruiser. Yeah, it very, is very very quick. Oh, very quick and mm. very very rare. Yeah. Why why did they do that switch over from the two hundred eight to the two? Sorry, the two hundred eight or four hundred eight? No, four hundred eight. The two hundred eight. The two hundred eight to the two hundred nine. Um, it was just the it was a change in the model in the okay. model year. So I think they started the two hundred eight shape in ninety seven with the two thirty compressor. Yeah. But why, I mean, why was there that six-month period oh, of, of, of that? Do you know what? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they... I don't know. They, I, yeah, actually, don't even know. Mm. End, of, end of the coupe. Yeah. Maybe they thought, we'll do a convertible. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but it was only for a very short period yeah. of time. Yeah. So I don't know why they bothered, to be honest. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. very rare. Mm. Very rare. And do you track either of those cars? No. No, okay. No. But, um, Do you baby those cars? Absolutely not. Okay, good. <laughs> no, no. So I actually, um, I'm part of this driving group and I remember about a year ago, like it, it definitely, it, I, took, I, I took the coupe on this mm-hmm. particular drive and there was about 50 cars and very early, very early start. Mm-hmm. Um, we left at five o'clock in the morning and yep. ended up having breakfast up at Patonga. Beautiful. Um, and I was like in the top, Four lead cars out of yep. the fifty. There was a brand new Cayman in front of me, yeah, and then a GT3, mm-hmm. and then a I think it was an R35 GTR. Yeah, wow. And um, yeah, on the on the way, on the way up the, the the highway, the Cayman just could not get away from wow. from me. And wow. yeah, it was like very. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the car still holds its own after yeah, absolutely after twenty years. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's pretty pretty impressive. Actually, I find there are definitely a lot of cars that feel fast back in the day, and then 20 years on, you're like, oh, this is the slowest thing in the world. But then there are some cars that feel fast back in the day, and then today just hold it, and it just oh, still absolutely a massively a massive amount of power for for what it is. Yeah. Um, are you are you only passionate about German cars? No. You get? Would you get something else? Would you get? It's yeah. Like a, Japanese like oh, 100%. R34 GTR for example I actually want to I would love to one day another bucket mm. list car yeah. is an Aussie delivered R32 GTR oh beautiful okay cool. so having grown up in the 80s and 90s yeah, yeah. Um, and always being really into my racing like I, I used to sit in my parents bedroom watching their TV every weekend watching touring car racing because yeah. the other TV was occupied you know um so I'd spend my whole weekends like watching racing yeah. and an era that's very close to my heart is that late that 80s, after, early 90s Group A era. Yeah. So 
your E30 M3s, mm-hmm. your Ford Sierras, your GTRs, yeah. um, your Cosworth Mercs. Yeah, yeah. They're all cars that are really. There's something that I, I want to. Ha- I would love to one day have one of each of those four. Yeah. Because to me, they're really iconic, mm-hmm. and they're all homologation. Going back to what I was saying about the 996 GT3, yeah. um, homologation special cars. So that's something that I would like to own one day. Yeah, one of the, or one of each of those four. Yeah, I mentioned in an earlier podcast um, that something that has turned me off about Porsche, and I think more specifically modern Porsches, mm. is that well, at least in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, they're everywhere. Yeah. And I think that something like, let's say, the newer Boxsters or a Cayman, mm. they're, they're, the shapes are very, very similar to mm-hmm. the 911s, for example. Yeah. Not super similar, but similar enough. Yeah. And they're everywhere. And I think that it, it actually ruins it a little bit. It ruins it. And it makes it, it does make it, at least it for makes me. Makes it a bit more mass market. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, I, I know it's not a, a mass market car compared to, to other brands. Mm. It, it definitely, for me at least, lowers lowers the value in, in my mind of, of, you know, a bucket list sort of car. Yeah. Uh, but then obviously, you know, your, your GT3 RSs, your GT2 RSs are. They still just, make the special cars in lower volumes. Sp- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Would, would, you get, would you get a, a GT3 RS or a GT2 RS? A newer one. Or is that not? I just is don't. I don't. Does it for you? It doesn't really do it for me. I, I don't know why. Um, yeah, I, I just. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd use it. If I wanted to get a track car, I wouldn't get that. Mm. If I wanted to get a track what car, I'd probably get? get a Caterham or something. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Something that's a proper purpose yeah, built. Yeah. A real little, track car. Yeah. Almost like an open wheel mm. yeah, kind of road car yeah. that you can drive to the track and mm. really enjoy. So. I appreciate they make those rare models, mm. RS, GT3 RSs mm-hmm. and, and GT2 RSs, but it's not for you. You can't use them on the road. No, you just, you just can't. You can't even use no. them a little bit. Yeah, no. exactly. Um, and to take one to the track, I mean, sure, it'd be really nice to drive one on the track, but yeah, you can go and buy a 996 Cup car yeah. for so a third well, of the price. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. And with all your storage costs and everything, and you'd probably still way ahead after yeah. five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, those <laughs> and the, the GT3, the RSs are so expensive. It's ridiculous. Money. They are. Yeah, yeah. This pizza's been an absolute fail. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we did, we did the first three episodes. It's we, delicious, though. I mean, look, I don't care is. what it looks oh, like. Oh yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. It is. Uh, it's good. It's not a. In it, case you wanted to see. Uh, yeah, that's that's what it looks like. We got <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of cheese everywhere. It didn't. Uh, didn't didn't come super nice to live in. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the dream garage? Passed at every episode. The dream garage. Yeah, got five cars. Oh, I, was, I thought you were asking about the space. I was going to say oh. an aircraft hangar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no dream dream lineup. Dream so, lineup. There's too many. I know. You can have. I've asked every guest this. You can have five cars. Oof. Unlimited budget. You didn't even prep me. No. It's. Uh, well, I've already got one. You've got. Okay. Well, that, that's good. That's good. Um. There's there's no budget. There's no, there's no budget. There's no limit. So if it's something super individual that never came to Australia or you can't, or there's like two in the world, that's fine. Okay. Have to be this, an F40, mm-hmm. probably a Countach. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me guess. Red F40, white Countach. Yes. Cool. Um, so that's three. So three, yep. Yeah. A McLaren F1. Yep. Yeah. 
and gosh a 550 spider nice would you go for anything subtle well subtlety doesn't do it for you no I mean I just <laughs> I think the McLaren F1 is quite elegant very elegant very by by subtle I meant more mm. like a C7 Audi RS6 wagon oh uh, actually I was it's funny you mentioned that's really that's really random that yeah. you mentioned that but I was looking at RS6s yesterday and there's one for sale at the moment for 46 like a first generation yeah. RS6 event the V10 no, the V8 okay. twin turbo, okay. um, an RS6 event, like from the uh, I think 2004 or five, and I was okay, like, "Yep, geez, that that is cheap. It's only 130,000. Yeah, pays yeah. on it." Um, I've great looking car. Those wagons have always had a soft spot in oh. my heart. Oh, I love that first generation. I don't yeah. know why people go, "Oh, it's an old car," but no, nah, nah, I kind of like it. It's yeah. got su- it's subtle and it's, subtle, it's got yeah. slightly it's pumped out guards, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, but it still does not to 100 and like you know the fours and, and tops take, out at 300 yeah, and something you take know take the kids to school and do the exactly. shopping and yeah, exactly yeah no. surfboards in the back yeah wow and um, you got a bike as well i do what do you have so i've got a 2012 ducati 848 street fighter okay so they only made the the street fighters like a it's like a sport bike yeah without the fairings it's literally an it's 848 naked? evo okay. it's a naked yeah so um, it's an 848 Evo without the fairings and with slightly raised bars. Not quite as raised as, say, a Jap um, yeah. like an naked. Or, yeah, okay. Like a, Jap- a Japanese naked. Yeah. But sort of in between a Japanese naked and a sport bike in mm. terms of the handlebars. Mm. So um, it's got kind of a nice rakey look to it. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, 2012 was the... Uh, when that bike came out in 2009 in a 1098 variant mm-hmm. at the uh, motorcycle show I just saw it and I was I was like I fell in love with the design so same, same as this where you were just like that's what I want that's what I want yeah yeah, exactly yeah. and I said well one day I'll get one mm. and um, you know 09 I was you know probably not in the position to to spend stupid money on a yeah. motorbike back yeah. then like twenty or $25,000 um, so in twenty. 2014 uh they just brought out the 848 mm-hmm. which which was like a refined version of the 1098 so slightly yep. smaller smaller capacity a bit less horsepower short stroke 850 cc yep. v-twin um a quite revy uh traction control mm-hmm. as standard mm-hmm. which the 1098 didn't have mm-hmm. other than on the s model okay so they brought the S's traction control into the 848. Yeah. I think they lengthened the swing, swing arm a little bit. They put a wet clutch on it, yeah. made it more streetable. Yeah. And uh, it came out in this yellow. It's like a metallic yellow that sort of got a pearl through it that changes color. And I just, from the moment I saw it, I was like, oh my God, that I've got to have that bike. That color. <laughs> that bike, that color. And in 2014, I found one and it was down at, Fraser's in mm-hmm. in Victoria. Yep. So I went to Fraser's in Sydney and I said, you got a bike at your other dealership in Melbourne. Yeah. I'd like to buy it. <laughs> so we did a deal. Two days later, I brought it, I bought it. They, they sent it up to Sydney and, and I've had it ever since. Wow. And it goes back to the same thing with um, cars for mm-hmm. me. I like to drive something or, or ride something that's yeah. a bit more raw and yeah. involving. And 
even to this day, there's nothing that I've ridden that's modern because everything's fly-by-wire throttles yeah, now yeah. and, you know, ABS brakes and 50 levels of traction control. It's just like too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, wheelie control and all this stuff, you know. Yeah. And my bike, the only thing it's got is like a traction control, eight-level traction control, mm-hmm. but no ABS. Yeah. Cable throttle. Mm-hmm. It's just very raw. Do you... So there's nothing you've ridden that you find that you'd that either I'd replace ch- with or no. add to the collection? No. no. I, I've owned a couple of Triumphs okay. as well. Like yeah. I've, I've actually bought and sold two uh, Thruxton 900s, okay. which is like a cafe racer, yep. naked, mm-hmm. kind of based off of Bonneville. Mm-hmm. So I bought one of them before I owned the Street Fighter and then I bought another one since I've owned the Street Fighter. Yep. Um, but I think the novelty of that wore off every, every time because it just wasn't it wasn't powerful enough mm-hmm. and I think it was only about 70 horsepower or something yeah, which yeah. doesn't sound like it's not it sounds yeah, like a lot of power for a yeah, motorbike yeah, yeah. which it is yeah it is Yeah, it is but when you're used to 140 yeah, horsepower yeah, it's yeah. like it's, it's, it's another world yeah exactly do you do you see yourself adding another bike to the collection or if, if anything yeah if anything I'd probably get a Harley I was just about to say your your thoughts on Harleys. Yeah, no, I've I've got a I've you, got a soft spot for sports you, so sportsters. Yeah, okay. Um, they're just they handle quite well. Mm-hmm. I I I, uh, I went to the states back in 2015. Mm-hmm. I was in LA. Yep. And I rented a Harley for two weeks and just cruised around. Great. And I met a couple of other guys. I went to Dais in um, yep. in Venice Beach, yep. and uh, I met some guys there, and they were like let's go riding mm. and so we went riding in around the canyons yeah, and all that yeah. LA and that, that thing surpri- that sports it was a 1200 sports though mm-hmm. it surprised the hell out of me yeah they actually really do handle and you can get them leaned over you can and get yeah, them they're quite there. cool yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I like those sports because I don't like the big Harleys they're a yeah. bit too heavy and yeah. and sluggish mm. yeah I've 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 been on a few a few fat boys oh yeah Never, uh, never ridden. Don't trust myself. Yeah. Had quite a wild motorbike accident, a quad bike accident, actually, a Oof. while ago. Uh, we were in, uh, we were overseas for our gap year, and we, I was on the back of a friend's quad bike, and we rolled it down a cliff, uh, like like a hill. Wow. And uh, snapped my collarbone, clean, Oof. covered in blood, and it was. Uh, in, you can imagine the uh, the hospital facilities in Mykonos weren't. Uh, yeah. Weren't to. Uh, I was going to say, was that a Mykonos by any chance? Yeah, and uh, I look, I would, I'd never get on the back of someone else's bike. Yeah, I did get on the back of my uncle's bike after that a couple of times. Uh, he's a bit more placid when yeah. it comes to riding, so uh, so that that was fine. But I won't get on the back of someone else's bike. Mm. Busting, busting to get a bike of my own, though. Um, my opinion on motorcycle riding is, you know, people actually. It's funny because I actually recently came back from Bali and. When you say to people here that you ride a motorbike, people go, oh, I'd never ride a motorbike mm. in Sydney. That it's too dangerous. Yeah. And then... I don't, I don't agree my, with that, my, but I know that people say that. But yeah, people do say yeah. it. Um, yet then, like I, I ride generally with, you know, mm. jacket, gloves, yeah. solid boots. Not, not like, bondo leathers. No. Yeah. Um, and... I go to a Euro, a, a Euro, I went to Greece in 2019. I rode around Greece for a month mm. solo. Yeah. And 
people like you're crazy riding in Greece. How can you? Was that a specific bike trip? It was a bike trip. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I had an adventure tour up in Bali recently. Mm -hmm. I had a motorbike. Mm -hmm. um, but you see a lot of tourists going to these countries who would never ordinarily yeah. Yeah. ride in their own country. Which is what we did. <laughs> exactly, and having accidents. Yeah. For example. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, I find it really interesting mm. that people do that there but then when they come here they come back home they don't ride. want to no they don't want to ride yeah when i think if you're in a, if you're aware and you have your of course you 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 know you, you keep your head of you know keep your wits yeah, about you keep your wits yeah. about you yeah exactly um then you're gonna be fine yeah you know i had one accident when i was uh 32 mm-hmm um, How old are you nine, I'm 40. Okay. So you look excellent for 40. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Here I am uh, thinking, shit, did we go to school together? <laughs> <laughs> Too kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I had an accident up in North Sydney mm -hmm. and it was my fault. Um, it, was, it was one of those ones that you, but you learn from it. Of course. So I, I was on my own. I was riding down an alleyway and mm -hmm. the, the tarmac was very old yeah there's a bit of gravel mm -hmm. and it was just a freak act i was coming up to a roundabout i hit the front brake i was only doing 40 k's an hour mm -hmm. and i locked up the front brake and just on that gravel yeah and down i went yeah you know um that was my well it was my fault it was kind of unavoidable yeah. at the time but if i'd have if i if i'd have known what you know now what i know now yeah. Like when I was in Greece, mm. uh, there was some, you know, villages and roads. like questionable roads. <laughs> yeah. and, and you think back to that moment yeah. when I had that accident. Ah, oh, okay. Right, I was going to take again. it easy. Yeah. Yeah. A bit more rear brake. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you, it makes you more aware. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then that just makes you a better rider mm. over time with every situation. Of course, of course. So. I actually think it's uh, more so with cars. I think it's so important to in inverted commas here, have an accident as, you know, a t not a teenager, but like, you know, when, when you get your piece, you mm. know, not like a, a little fender bender, you know, a little, a little prang. I think, I think for the people who, who don't have that, I find, I find you learn the most from a little, a silly mistake, mm. you know, whether, whether, you know, you, you, you run it into a curb, you know, or you, you go into the back of someone lightly, you know, I find I, I had a couple of those growing up mm. and I've been much more careful. I'm a spirited driver and a heavy foot for sure. Sure. Uh, but I've been much more careful because I'm, I'm aware of the consequences and I'm aware of the limits. Yeah. And I find that if you're, you, you over protect yourself, I find you, you don't actually learn those lessons. Yeah. Um, I'm still scared to get a bike though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I, like to, I like to have a nice metal shell around me when being spirited. Yeah. I think, I don't know. For me, I couldn't not ride now. Yeah. I always wanted a bike. When I was a little kid, I used to go to the motor show mm -hmm. with my dad. Mm -hmm. And I'd always deviate to the motorcycle section because the motor show had bikes and cars yeah. back in the 80s, you know. And I remember seeing a Wee 50 and then a Wee 80 and I was like, oh, dad, I want one of these. And he's like, no. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I think when I was 18, I said, or maybe even 16, I said, oh, I want to get a motorbike. And my dad goes, you get a motorbike, you're out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my mum my said the same. And then I thought, I'll get a bit older and I'll get one. Yeah. Got married and it's probably not going to happen either. But <laughs> I, yeah, the, the, 
it's a it's much more extreme than cars and I, I feel like cars are a bit more forgiving um yeah but in saying that i haven't ridden so I, what, what do i know yeah i think in my opinion i think the only thing you probably can't avoid on a motorbike mm-hmm. in terms of accidents um i think most people that have serious accidents and get seriously injured generally speaking it's their fault oh, as a rider okay. that's I what gonna, I, that's what i think interesting i was going to say other people but okay yeah no and everyone thinks that yeah. but it's not the case mm-hmm. cuz everything's in everything's pretty much avoidable mm-hmm. except probably getting rear-ended at a set of traffic yeah, lights yeah i would say even going through an intersection um you learn after a few near misses yeah. that when you're going through an intersection on a green light even if there's a green light and yeah. it's been a green light for ages you roll off yeah you make sure there's no one flying through the intersection before you go through of course yeah yeah and then you don't get t-boned mm, right yeah of so, course um I find it's wild. I see people on these on these ridiculous bikes on Panigales riding yeah. in in a singlet and shorts and thongs, and it's it's you know the most like that that scares the shit out of me. Like for me, if I ever if I ever get to ride, it's helmet, full leathers, boots, gloves, everything. Yeah. But you know, it's each to their own. Unless you're in Mykonos. <laughs> Unless I'm in Mykonos. <laughs> it's, it's funny. We we arrived in Mykonos, and my mum's like, "No, you're not." Uh, my mum's like. My mum's like, there's no way you're getting quad bike. There's no way. Get cabs. And there's 10 cabs on the islands at the time. This is yeah. in 2014. Yeah. And um, 2014, 2013, 2014. Um, she's like, there's no way. So then what do I do? Young idiot. Send her a photo of me and, and my friend at the time. Well, my friend. Uh, and, and we're um, on, on quad bikes. She's yelling and screaming and upset. And then uh, obviously no helmets. And we had the accident. And then I told her at the time, no, no, I promise we were wearing helmets. It was totally fine. And uh, yeah, later she did find out there was there was no helmets, but we, we should be dead. That was that was a, a terrible, sounds terrible sounds like accident. a bad accident. Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah, bad. really um, bad. We actually, it's a pretty sad story. We were in the uh, hospital um, and there's, I'm, I'm, I'm still walking. Like at this point after it happened, uh, like I was blacked out at the bottom of this hill. Um, yeah. And I, I actually thought my shoulder was popped out. So I was trying to pop my shoulder back in. I probably made it worse. Um, and these these guys who saw it happen, they kind of went around to the bottom of the hill and then they, they came to like pick us up and like tip our quad back over. And then they were like, all right, we're going we're gonna to take you to a hospital. So we, we jumped on the back of their quad and I'm sitting there holding my arm. You know, it's like, it's two o'clock in the morning. It's actually my birthday as well. First night of Mickey Mouse. Oh, great birthday yeah, present. Excellent, excellent birthday. <laughs> and, um, and we're on the back of their quad, like on these bumpy roads. I'm just like, oh, fuck, fuck. And the adrenaline's sort of kicking in and I'm not, not really feeling much. But yeah. um, so we, we went to two pharmacies, a doctor, and then eventually went to, uh, found a hospital with, with x-ray facilities. Mm. And, and we got the x-ray and he told me and he strapped me up. And then this guy walked out of one of the, um, one of the rooms and head to toe, covered in blood, covered. Oh. And guy from Melbourne, and we said, are you okay? What happened? He said, yeah, we, we had a, a quad bike accident. Um, same with us. Went from from road to gravel and mm. um, just lost control. And we said, you know, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine, but my, my missus isn't. Lying in bed, quadriplegic. Oh, yeah. very sad, yeah. Very. And um, so, you know, I'm thankful that I got away with broke collarbone and a couple of cuts you're a lucky boy very lucky boy uh and my my mother doesn't let me live it down <laughs> but um you know lessons were learned yeah. lessons were learned and 
was, it was a great trip though. We had yeah. a lot of fun. Love you know, that. just um, on accidents. And yeah. Things. I think one thing that for me, I think everybody, sh- it makes you just such a better driver mm. and a better rider mm. is if you do track days. 100%. Um, Whether it's a track day or a defensive driving course, something like that. Whatever it is. Yeah. Track day is probably the wrong yeah. phrase for most people, but a driver training course, course yeah, yeah. on a racetrack yeah. with a professional driver. 100%. Um, you know, that I've done both motorcycle yeah. stuff and car stuff in mm-hmm. the past. And um, I actually think it should be mandatory for, for oh, driver's I, license. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I think it definitely should be. Um, because you really learn the limits of a car and for when sure. you get out of shape and you scare yourself, you realize what can happen when that happens. Mm. So in a safe environment. For sure. And I think it's not about being, you know, being a dickhead and learning how to drift and learning how to, you know, wet, like... Although that's fun. 100%. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a place that I definitely think that anyone yeah. who's into that should definitely go do that. Yeah. But, you know, you have these things that like... So I believe it's still 120 hours for your L's. But if you do that with a... Um, an instructor, I believe it's five hours per one hour of, of, of driving. So right. then you can really cut that down. Yeah. And I think that's up to, to 10 lessons or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, it's or 10 lessons and you get like 50 hours or whatever. Um, I think that'd be much better spent on a track with, mm. with a driver and, and learning, you know, when you skid, what do you do? You know, what do you do with brakes? What do you do with gas? You know, when, when you're in that situation sure. in, the, in the wet. Um, but, you know, never gonna happen unfortunately not with uh yeah not with the society that we have i think people are very yeah see it as a you know oh it's going to encourage more people to to, to drive like hoons and to, to drive more dangerously Which, in fact it does the opposite because I, I, I actually uh, you know you said everyone needs to have, a, have, have an accident i think yeah. at some point right so when i was um which i mean in a positive way you of know, course don't go out and of course smash your cars yeah um so when i was 17 I, well was I seven? yeah i was 17 i think i was on my red peas mm-hmm. I was flying up this back street near where I lived. Within the speed limit, of course. Within the, with yeah, well, well over the speed limit. But I was treating it like a racetrack. Yeah. And I came around this bend and a car was coming around the corner. Mm-hmm. And the car, the way the corner was, it was an off-camber corner coming down the hill. Mm-hmm. I was going up the hill. Mm-hmm. So um, the car coming down the hill was sort of cutting the corner. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to hug the, the, the corner, but there wasn't that much room. And I hit the brakes mid-corner, which you never do. No. You know, especially in a front-wheel yeah, drive car. Course. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a, a front-wheel drive yeah. manual. Um, so I ended up getting a bit of lift off oversteer, mm. tried to correct it, tried to correct it, tried to correct it, flicked and went into a parked car. Wow. And wrote the car off. Yeah. That was my first big accident. And then... Uh, having such an interest in motorsport and all of that, I ended up, you know, doing some track days mm. and, um, and I real and, and I actually got it out of my system yeah. doing that at a really young age. And I had no interest in speeding on the road yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, in that way, you know, it's exactly what I was, so, I was just about to say that getting it out of your system mm. is important. And I, and I find, I find the track is so inaccessible for most in terms of, you know, there's, if you live, let's say, if you live in the eastern suburbs, for example, yeah. there's nothing close. You, you're going to Sydney Motorsport Creek. Park, yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. Goulburn, which is now currently closed, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, Maroolan, Oran Park's gone. Um, that was a great track yeah. back yeah. in the day. Yeah. There's, um, it, it's, it's hard to do it. You mm. know, it's hard to do it and it's also, it's not cheap. 
it's not cheap. And I think that if they had some sort of, whether it was a, a government or a council run program where, you know, subsidies, subsidies for sure. Mm. And you can, you can, you can book a time. It's 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, someone else's car or, you know, 50 bucks and your own car. And then you have the option to actually learn how to be a defensive driver, how to mm. be a better driver. Because I feel like if it's, because it's so inaccessible, the, the only option is jump in your triple S Pulsar and 120 Ks down the road, you know? It's, mm. it's, it's not, um, yeah, people just, just need to get out of the system. Mm. Um, you know, which I think we're all uh, victims of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do, you, um, do you tinker at all with your cars? Not really, no. Do you want to? Mm, I, I have an interest in how things work, mm-hmm. but I don't work on them like, apart from topping up oils yep. and just general checking of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I'm, I'm mechanically, I'm probably mechanically minded. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to go there, I probably could, yeah. but yeah. I just rather, I've had so many bad experiences in the past with, you know, trying to do something and shit, I can't get this back together. No, I, I think, um, well, it's more, more to do with mechanics and, okay. and whatnot. So if I find, if I've, I've had some, bad mechanics I've found some good ones now mm-hmm. and um, I know it's going to get done right yeah. I'd rather not tinker with stuff myself mm-hmm. I'd rather just have somebody that's specialised yeah, yeah. do the car yeah. so with this car uh, this this goes to a Porsche specialist yeah. my Merc goes to a Merc specialist yeah. um, and my Ducati goes to a Ducati specialist of course yeah you know. as, and as it should be yeah. you know I find when, when it is something special it should go to someone special yeah. because they're, they're, they're working on those day in and day out mm. and you know uh, like a lot of those individual problems that are going to be common on these sort of cars they're going to be able to pick up on rather than just oh, totally, they're yeah. just thinking okay well this is a common across cars well, and then you know working on, on those sort of basis yeah. um, but yeah it's so important to have the right person Look, look after your cars definitely often we get we get cars here where you know they've been to you know x y and z mechanic and you know like a, a lot of a lot of guys who will who will work on like let's say just japanese cars or just korean cars or just american cars will get something like a c63 in and they'll do something and then it'll be worse than when it came in and then then we get that and then it's like okay well now we're fixing a problem and then mm-hmm. we're fixing someone else's problem yeah and it it's it gets messy yeah <laughs> it of course get, it gets messy but yeah, definitely. It's just I know, actually had that the other day Wait, with, with the Ducati. I got a major service. Haven't had. A, yeah, they do a Desmo service yeah. every five years. Yeah, um, or twenty five thousand mm-hmm. k's. I think. What's what's included in that? Uh, just you know, they they belt mm-hmm. valve adjustments, mm-hmm. um, just all the fluids tightening up, like tightening the chain, you know, re- or adjusting the chain and whatnot. And the person that did the chain and sprockets last time yeah. put something on wrong. I've been riding it around yeah. all this time, like. My mechanic goes, oh, I need to fix this. Yeah. This is someone else's fuck up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. So there is there is a bit of that. Mm. Yeah. There's look, you're always going to have a percentage of people who are just you know not not experts in, yeah. their, in their craft. Yeah. Um, but you know it's it's how it is. Mm. It's how it is. Um, if people want to reach you. How can they reach you? Or they can't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I've got. You don't have to. Ha- that, I have right? an Instagram. It's cool. more about my cars yeah, than me. Yeah, good. But yeah, just at Paul Casamati um, is my Instagram handle. Um, that's yeah. That's it. Much, that's it, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for I having really me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for bringing this beast. Does she have a name? Elma. Elma. Where did yeah. Elma come from? 
So the original number plate yep. started with ELM. Yep. And I was like, what's an old lady's name that starts with ELM? Elmer. Elmer. And the Mercs? They haven't got names. Okay. And the, and the bike? Uh, Bumble Bella. Bumble Bella. Yes. I like it. Okay. Like Bumblebee every, from... Like um, Bumblebee, but it, obviously Italian yeah, and a course, female. Of course. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, everyone says, "Oh, it's like Bumblebee," and I'm like, "No, Bumblebella. It, it's got the it's got the beast the it's got the wasp kind of look. Yeah, look yeah. Or the beast, the bee kind of look to it. Oh, absolutely. Mate, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. And uh, look forward to seeing you in the future. Sounds good. Cool. Thanks, mate.